Hey, yo, welcome back to another episode of the Arts Block Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Curry III, and today I have my guy on the podcast, <laughs> a rapper, businessman, family man, realtor, uh, house studio OG, um, here to tell his side of the studio story and how it all went down oh yeah and there's and, and there's a side there's a huge side <laughs> give it over mr inkwell ladies and gentlemen Woo! i appreciate that i appreciate it hey, but but for real though e you were supposed to let me do the hey yo you were supposed to let me jump oh, drop do, that one do, do you want to do it go ahead i said yeah, i said i'm going to start hosting like a yo a yo uh contest <laughs> when they win something Cause some people yeah, man. be a little off. Go ahead. Let me let me hear your best. All right. Yeah. Hey yo. Okay. Okay. That's okay. not bad. Is that what, what am I? I, I don't know. That didn't that didn't feel. It just didn't feel right. Didn't what, feel what right. right. Try, try again. Try again. Hit me one more time. Hey yo. Okay. Is okay. It, Let, now, like now a, try him like again. A... Yeah. It's like a hey yo. So, so <laughs> okay. try to try him one more time. It's it's gradual. All right. Hey yo! There, there you go. All right. Okay. It's getting better. I, I work on it. I work it's on it. Better. I'm gonna drop in. Better. I'm hey. gonna drop in on you randomly and just like I'm gonna pop up when you at work and when you with your girl <laughs> and when you when you hooping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just be like, hey, pop in the back and say, hey yo! <laughs> hey, ayo hey, boot camps starting real soon. It's <laughs> in the works. Ayo hey, boot camps. Um, first things first. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good, bro. I went and bought the family some some Popeyes, mm. you know, and uh, now they're eating. So I got some I got some free time. That's dope. That's dope. Thank that's you. how you gotta keep them dog. Hey, that's hey, look, e for for the future, bro. That's how you gotta keep them occupied. You give them something to do, and then you run. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's your that's your advice for the for the podcast. Give them something. Yes, to sir. Do, leave. Right, yes, I like sir. That. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's just jump straight into it, right? Before yes, I before I known uh, Inkwell the businessman, I knew Inkwell Inkwell the rapper, right? Um, where where did that love and that that passion for rapping, writing, and music come from? Uh, the passion came from um, just a very a real genuine place of just loving music, mm-hmm. and my grandfather turned me on to all types of music, um, all types of eclectic sounds, and then. Um, I feel like that just kind of burrowed itself inside me for a very long time. And then I went to see a friend one day and he had turntables and I was like probably like 15, 16 the most. Mm-hmm. And then I just started uh, playing with the turntables and he was a rapper. So I started rapping and, um, but it's crazy because those things didn't come up like that influence didn't like really present itself for, uh, I would say a long time. And then one day all that came bubbling to the surface and I was like, man, I can incorporate that sound in my music. Mm. And then that's that's like Inkwell there. Mm. Where did the name Inkwell come from? I don't know, man, I had a bunch of crazy names. I had like Sun Christ, oh, they were horrible. They were horrible. Run through, run through the list. Run through the list. Oh the my list. God. I had Mavado, Sun Crisis. Ugh. Oh. Uh, oh man. And then the company actually that I wanted to start was named Inkwell, was called Inkwell. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. And then, so I just eventually, when I stepped out on my own, I used Inkwell as, as the name. But yeah, no, the names were hard to hear. You know, it's like nails on the chalkboard type hard to hear. You know, someone's squeezing your nuts, <laughs> pushing your nuts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> my, my metaphors are magical. But hey, y'all, y'all are, y'all are going to hear his metaphors throughout this whole podcast. Super duper magical. Like, I don't, Still, like, man. it's like pulling the rabbit out of a hat. Like, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, what like age or or where were you in your life when you was like okay i i want to take music serious like this is something that i really really want to do now i tell you i know exactly when it was so it was it was um 9 11. Mm. i was at howard and i had some some real difficulties in school um like social uh difficulties and in my first school my great-grandmother passed away I was in Connecticut and I decided to move home and be close with my family. So 9-11, I'm sitting in class at Howard and um, I come outside and like people are running up and down the street and, and I turned this lady, I'm like, cause at that time, you know, I think I had a two-way pager. I did have a two-way pager, but like we didn't get news on the pager. You know what I'm saying? And I do think I had a cell phone. I'm pretty sure I had a cell phone, but you know, cell phones weren't working at that time because of everything that was happening. Right. So this lady was running up the street, running, mm-hmm. running up the street with her kids, her two kids, okay? And I'm like, yo, what's going on? And they, she was like, they're bombing us. They're killing all of us. And I was like, what? So eventually I got in my car, because at this time, remember, we didn't have like access to like Twitter. No, something right. we could go on or look, or even access to, you know, whatever, CNN or Fox or whatever it is you watch. And... I finally got a hold of my grandma and I'm like, yo, grandma, what's going on? And she told me, and that was the last day I went, that was the last day I went to school or no, the last day that, that day I decided, I said, you know what? Like, I love making music and that's what I want to do. And um, I'm going to really put my all into it. Cause I, again, at that time I already been, I think to three schools in like a year and a half. Yeah. yeah. You know, my first school, I left my second school I got into it with some some dudes who like robbed my apartment and um, they pulled a knife on me. So it just it just got crazy. So Howard, I was already fatigued with with school, and um, and I was making more music, like expressing myself more through my music at that time. That's what I was saying when it all came kind of like bubbling to the surface. And so then at that point, that's when I'm like, all right, you know what? Like, and and really, I have this line where it said uh, where I say. Um, I'm Baraka, this music, world square on my back, not dropping the cubit so no one else would do it. So I did it first, call the source mag, tell them print the verse. I took a leap of faith. It's 50-50, I'll be hitting earth. Because really that day I, I was like, had half my tuition paid. My dad, he, he was murdered when I was little. He left me some money. And I said, all right, you know, I know I have the tuition paid, but I'm going to take this little small bag I have left because I was irresponsible as hell. And I'm going to put it behind here. Yeah, and I'm going to put it behind my music, you know? And and when you did that, right, what was like, so when you took like that small amount of money, right, was that like the rest of the money that you had? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, more or less. Yep. So that was like, that was it. And you was like, you know what, I'm going to invest it in studio time. I'm invested in, I don't know, pens, notebooks, like anything I need to make this, this dream come true. That's all this money is getting invested into that. 
pretty much. I mean, I definitely didn't have it. I definitely, it definitely wasn't as concise or like um, well thought out as you're making the scene. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was more haphazard. And, you know, when I reflect back, the money could have been spent a lot better. But yeah, I went out and bought myself, you know, like Pro Tools, you know what I'm saying? All the things that people didn't really have at that time, but they wanted. And, you know, I went full time and God, I was so bad. You know, it, it really was, I really was not a good, what I could would consider now, I look back and be like, oh my God, I was horrible. You know, I didn't know what to write about. So, so mm-hmm. how did you find what to write about? Um, I just, I just started writing about like my life. Like at that time it was like jiggy rap or like, you know, like, um, it was like jiggy rap or like gangster stuff. And, and that's kind of like what I gravitated to, even though that wasn't my life at all. You know, I mean, I have friends who were doing that. Um, I have friends who were in that life, but I wasn't in that life. You know, I was a grandma's boy. Mm-hmm. Now I was always a menace and a savage, as I'm sure, you know, <laughs> anybody that knows me can attest to that I was always, but, um, you know, I think what struggle came from like, all right, I got a real story to tell. How do I tell it? You know, putting yourself out there, being vulnerable. Um, and then when I started to do that, I think my writing became better. It forced me to uh, be more introspective. And then, you know, things kind of really unfolded in an amazing kind of serendipitous way for me. That's That's scary, though. Just the fact that you, that the all right let me put myself out there and be vulnerable that's super scary yeah it was it was it really doesn't matter like who hears the music like or how many people hear it somebody's going to hear it and it's like ah dang so so one song that i put myself like the most out there well it's a lot of songs like if you if, if i could go back and i have it somewhere but listen to like the older tracks like there's a lot of heavy stuff on there like one song i'm talking about like getting like that i was about to die a bit in college like dude pulled a knife on me like i was about to straight get get stabbed get my throat slit and it was this huge big incident whatever i left school i never came back they wanted me to testify i said no but in that song i'm talking about i really open up about like how i thought about it would be to not never see my grandmother again who raised me who you know is you know, was my best friend before she passed away. Um, and so that song, like, kind of really opened me up to, like, expressing myself, and people responded well to it, you know? So I just continued to write, like, that way. And then I I had a falling out with my my buddies who, like, basically put me into the game, like, got me rapping, had a huge falling out with them, but they weren't even talking to me. So I spent literally, like, everything I did, I was, like, just writing. I was just writing, like, everybody's going out, I'm writing. Like, everybody's going out, I'm writing, you know? And, like, I ended up, that year long, probably wrote over, like, you know, 150 songs. There, like, a lot of them were poop. I'm sure a majority of them, but there were some fire, you know, some fire in there. And there, there's always is, though. Like, that's that's the thing. Like, you're going, you write 150 songs, not all 150 of them are going to be, like, all oh, banger, banger, banger. Nah, nah, nah. But you might have, like, out of 150, you might have like a good 10 to 20 songs that are in there. Yeah. Like, hmm. yeah. Yeah. And that's how it was. And that's how it was. And those are the songs, you know, those are the songs that kind of made people turn their heads and be like, oh, okay. Who's, 
he's he's actually saying something like this is tight the production's tight like he's trying to be a professional and i had the equipment to be professional i had a friend in new york who had a studio where i'd like go up there and cut like so it it worked all right let's 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 fast forward a bit okay let's fast forward a bit to to the 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 chunk of this podcast <laughs> house house studio days now everybody uh, watch the you do great episode please watch that that was a phenomenal episode Shout that was a great episode that was a great um, episode i was so mad i was like man he got this bam on here tell a story first <laughs> like, no, no matter what i do no matter what i say they heard him first so they gonna believe you do you know but but like okay how all right how studio I had no business being the age I was being at House Studios. Mom, you were really irresponsible for that. That was a terrible business decision. You better leave Twink alone. <laughs> leave your mom alone, man. Mother, that was a terrible business decision <laughs> on your part. But I was there and I picked up on a couple of things. And the way yeah. that that the You Do interview went, it kind of made you sound like the bad guy. I was a wild guy. I was a wild guy. No, I mean, I mean, I had responsibilities, right? Because I was helping my mom. And I think at that time I was probably helping my brother a little bit as well. So I had responsibilities to them. But other than that, you know, I have no girlfriend, I have no kids. Like I was on savage mode, you know, and I carried that mentality with me everywhere. And, you know, like it's one of those things where like I was just like people were looking for me. You know, like I made a project in Phantasmagoria that was like, I'm not going to say it was groundbreaking because I wasn't like I reinvented the wheel, but like in the way that I, the money I spent on that project, what I invested in that project and how we did it, if we released it like two, three years later, when like this, this whole, like, um, on like, um, at the beginning, you know, the fledgling stages of how the internet is and how social media is, things would have been different, 100%. But like, I was like one, like I was on BuzzFeed, like I was opening for Chrisette Michelle and Jada Kiss and, you know, you know, before that it was my, like, I was like, you know, a little bit of a big deal. Right. And you take right. that together with me just being carefree and just being like, yeah, so I was a bit of a savage and like, I like to bring that mentality when I went around and then I hooked up with, <laughs> with Keontae and like that dude's a savage and your mom, yeah. who's not a savage, but your mom, I mean, she grew up around, around dudes yeah. in an industry full of dudes and she's hold, holds her own, you know? So she, you know, she knew, she knew what was up, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I was just blessed to interact with those people. And yes, things got very crazy at house studios, very crazy. Like, I'm sure every single person in there has a story about me or something that happened in that place. And yeah, you saw things you were not supposed to see, bro. <laughs> you saw things you were not supposed to see, but that that whole period where I was there, that was one of the best best times of my life, hands oh, down. For sure, for sure. Easy. I was in I was in house way too often. I was in Yeah, house. you were. You were. <laughs> You know, because your mom is, is, you know, people all want her her mind besides her talent, you know, her like physical talent, playing the drums. They all want her mind as well because she's just a musical, you know, she's a musical genius. Right. And at that, that, that time in house, it was filled with musical geniuses. I'm not even talking about me. I'm talking about Twink 
from Twin Keontae to Dave to Murph to even you do like to Ra, like to Javier, like the people coming to the house, it was like amazing, like Raheem overnight to see like that grow. I think you do spoke to that. Like, like I'm like literally young, I'm driving down this time I'm living in like Bethesda, I think maybe. And I'm driving down there. So that's like an hour drive. So I'm driving down to the studio and they're like, yeah, so-and-so's in there. So-and-so just left. I'm like, what? T.I.'s here. What? Like on this thing where we started and I, I didn't know, you know, I just rock, I just rock with you do. You do believe in me and I believe in you do. And I didn't ask any questions. You know what I'm saying? Like I was kind of following the vision and, you know, so. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. It was definitely like a hub of of creativity, especially music, especially musically. Yeah. Um, musically, it was it's it was amazing. Like I yeah. heard some of like the best music I've ever heard like in my life at house studios, which is which is crazy to say. Yeah. But it's the truth. Yeah, yeah. Oh. My, my man Jake, I mean, dude. Dang. <sighs> I, I challenge anybody anywhere to build something like house was organically in the way that we did it as fast as we did it. Like, and I, when I say we, because like I was, you know, I was responsible, Twink responsible. We all built house, you know, Davina, we like Simon, we, we would bring people in there all the time. Yeah. Oh man, yo, y'all gotta come to the studio on Matt's house studio. Word come down there, see the studio, love the atmosphere, and they just want to be there. They just want to be there, you know? And, and unfortunately, you know, I live really far away and um, I wasn't able to be there as much as other people were, but I mean, just to be there, it was, it was amazing, man. It, it will be very hard to rebuild a house studio like that. I don't it think will, duplicated. It will be, it will be almost impossible. And like for people like I know most of the like most of the viewers have has never been to house studios and it's like y'all probably like thinking why we sizing this one studio up yeah we're not I promise no. you we're not some not of, at all. some of the best times of my life were spent at like twelve a.m. in that studio yeah man yeah. what was I doing up at twelve a.m. I was like six like I had no business. <laughs> being there you were eating pizza and listening to dirty jokes man <laughs> speaking of dirty jokes <laughs> one of the first dirty jokes i have ever learned was that what she said that was and the first I, look, dirty joke I've ever learned. i don't know e i don't know that it was actually me who who brought that like in the house studios or maybe it was actually never mind it was you. maybe it was it's, it's definitely me, probably. Yo, do not act like that wasn't you. That, that was definitely that was definitely me. That was definitely me. Yeah, it was a uh, God. I, I man, I miss those times, man. I miss those times. Like you aren't the you aren't the first person I heard it from, though. Jake was the first person I've heard it from. Yeah, but you were the one that brought it in, dude. We wore that we wore that joke out in there. Like, if anybody ever tries to use that joke again. Right, they gotta literally ask for for permission from us <laughs> because we wore that joke out there. I mean, dude, do you realize? Oh my God, I was a monster. <laughs> the things that I did in there, the pranks when I would like prank people. Like I don't know, you're probably too young to remember icing people, right? I forgot about the pranks. I forgot oh my God. about that. 
dog. I was a monster. I, I was a oh, monster. I was pranking people left and right in that joint. I was bringing in like terrible alcohol and forcing people to drink like on some monster stuff. Like, like a little too old for you, but like straight up, I would like stick something in the fridge and be like, yo, you want to drink? Yeah, go ahead and grab it. And it'd be like Mad Dog 2020, like the worst, the worst alcohol ever in the world, like wine coolers and and smearing off ices. And I'm like forcing people to slam them. I was just like a monster in there. But you know what? Everybody had a good time. Everybody had a good time. Except for the next morning. They were, and oh, bro, I was looking through my phone. I got videos of everybody in that joint passed out, stickers all over their face, like, mm-hmm. Simon, Jake, Dave, Rock, you do, Vic. I got them. I got them all. I got them all. The only person I never got was Davina because she's too sharp. He's way too sharp. Yeah, but everybody else, I got them. I got them good, except for Hob. Hob, Hob never drank. Hob, Hob is sharp too. Hob was very, very sharp. Hob very sharp into the into the point where he was like always, you know. But oh man, that Studio B. I used to get everybody, man. Studio B. Studio Yo. B. Studio B. Oh, man. House, man, give me, like, what's your favorite, favorite moment at house? What's your favorite house moment? My favorite house moment, man, it was probably when I was cutting um the project that I released, but it was never completed. Um, But it's called uh, Heartbreak Gotham. And basically, like, I was, like, just bringing in every musician in the city in there to play on this, like, John Lane, mm-hmm. uh, my man uh, Saxo or Tony Peloto. Uh, like, I was bringing in all these dope-ass musicians around the clock to play on this live project and this big vision I had. And, like, I was in such a good spot that, like, literally I was living the lifestyle that everybody dreams of, right? So the dichotomy of being an artist, everybody knows this, you know this is right, is financial stability versus your dream. Yeah. One of them always has to give. Uh-huh. And what I found was in my wiser years, right, is that to really understand that is to understand um, the basic human nature, right, of who you are. So for me, I've got kids, right, and because I, I see people all the time saying, oh, you know, don't give up on your your, your passion, like you're going to struggle. Yes, I, I'm willing to struggle. I'm willing to get my power cut off to, to follow my dreams or to go a little bit hungry, you know what I'm saying, or to go without AC in my car, whatever, the, the, the comfort, right? But you have kids and you have to ask, are you willing to sacrifice their comfortability, right? Their comforts for your dream. And that's for me, that's a hard no. So I think that at that time I was living the lifestyle that anybody and everybody dreams of, you know, like women in the studio, like we're just like, like, and and nothing crazy. Like we just, you know, go bring your girl in here bring your home girl in here she's cute you know like five six of us in the studio we're making music we're eating good like we're living life so my those were some of the best times of my life because um you know I was living my dream 100 I, I didn't have I wasn't rich I wasn't famous you know 
but I was happy, like that in that way as an artist. Now I'm happy in a different way. I'm happy in the type of, you know, you come home, you clean up the floor, you clean the diaper, you bury your sorrows in a glass of Jack Daniels. You know, that's my happy space now. Um, but yeah, man, I, I I can't say that there's literally one memory. One, you know, like, we should, I mean, dude, I, I wish, I wish we could, like, you do or somebody up there would put together just a still of, like, all the things from the beginning to the end um, that we created and we built out of there. My, one of my favorite times was my release party for um, Whiskey and Flower Child Music and Kaliko Visions, man. I pulled up there and just to see the love and support and, like, people were really out there. Like, me and you do, you know, just specifically in there, we did a lot. And, you know, we had a falling out and um, and eventually, you know, you come to learn that that, that other stuff doesn't matter. Like, that's my brother. You know, I love, I love you, do, and, um, and I love what he created and, you know, what we were able to build together, you know, it, it's amazing. Right. So I didn't really answer your question, but that's sometimes. No, you did though. You, you know. Because it, cause, all right, so if any, like when you do said that he had, like when you do thought of like one specific moment that he like, like was his favorite moment in the house, I knew he was lying. Cause it was like, how can you just have one? Right, like, right. There's no way you can right. just have one. Like I have multiple moments. Like Simon told me what Adobe was for the first time. Like, right. Like I like that was my first time like ever using like anything like professional. I learned what uh Pro Tools was. Didn't know what Pro Tools was. I was just using logic, but like, oh no, Pro Tools is like the real deal if you wanna like yeah produce music. All right, yeah. cool. Um um, this guy Big T came in there uh in house one time and he gave me a guitar. Like there was like like it's so many things that happen um at house studios. Oh, and by the way, people, we never left we never left like before 10 o'clock, like ever. Oh. Like we never left before like 10 o'clock. Yo, I mean, like literally to the point where like I was in there so lucky like, I was having like a vitamin C deficiency, a vitamin D deficiency. I'm not even, I'm not even sightseeing it, like at all. Like, like, it was, like, it, it was like some nights were really, some nights were really hard. <laughs> Just like, I mean, like, I, I, I put in an iron low, no windows. That's the lab life. Last night, I told him I ain't leaving to my cash right. Like it was that, that was my life. That was like, like we, probably everybody's life. We wore out pizza movers or whatever the hell that joint was down the street. You know, like, we were in there till late, early in the morning, yeah. working, watching people get hammered and throw up. Like, oh my God, my man, Jake Young. One night, this man projectile vomited a damn puddle so big, I had to hop over it to get in my car. But you know what? That's love. That's how studios, you know? Go down there, you might see a Bama just throwing up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he's having fun. Having you know, fun. he's happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm happy. Oh, Dave's 21st birthday? Oh my God. Dave's Dave's huge now, so I can't I can't really tell him. I can't really go through that story, but oh my God. I introduced Dave Hampton to Tequila. Your boy Dave, Dave Knox, I introduced him to Tequila. Let me tell you, that was a very long night for everybody. <laughs> it was monstrous. It was monstrous. I did some monstrous things, you know, but out of love like e 
away from this, I will tell you some stories. <laughs> You're not even gonna believe it. Like, alone, like your mom will believe it. She'll be like, oh, ain't did that? 100%. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, great times, man. Most, mm-hmm. most, probably most, some of the most memorable times, memorable times of my life so far. Um, but after house, right? Mm-hmm. I, after house, I didn't really see you see you that often. Mm-hmm. After house, what what's up? What were you doing? I heard you got your got your realtor's license. Yeah. Like you started really focusing on like the business. But my mom told me that I was like, oh, did he stop doing music? Like what was going on? So like, yeah. like take you a, mean like directly after house or like now? Like like you now? Like you now? Uh-huh. So now you know I'm an insurance agent. Plus I do real estate, and you know really. Um, getting my licenses was what I need to do for my family. Um, I'm in right now with is like my makeshift pseudo studio. So I have, I have my, all my studio equipment in here. And really I'm burning the candles at both ends. Like I'm working on a project. Like I have a billion songs that kind of like I'm waiting, I produce and waiting to do, but you know, life is just funny, man, because like before house and after house, the things that happened to me, the steps that I took, um, they like brought me to this place, to brought me here to where I'm at currently, as far as just uh, musically. And a lot of times now the issue for me or not the issue for me is like, um, how relatable am I to like my audience, right? Because like, there's a part of me that's always inkwell, but then like, you know, just like, Jay-Z said, right, why why would we work so hard to stay the same? So, like, now I'm I'm more in a place where, like, I'm looking at my next move very strategically as in, like, I'm too old to be out here touring, you know, uh, you know, 12 months out of the year. Like, I want to be with my family. So, like, knowing that, what can I do? How can I be viable? How can I turn this music into something viable and I just recognize I just have to expand I just expanded my you know my bandwidth to like what I do like I always wrote I always like to write like not just music like so you know I wrote a book and like I wrote you know a couple screenplays and um you know I'm focusing on on like my personal growth and putting that into my music and said like who knows you know like if that will be um successful but like I always tell people there's a there is a market for any and everything right like I don't know if you heard of brother Lynch Hung you heard him before he's a cannibal rapper and he's got like a huge following he talks about eating babies I mean look it's not my thing but somebody somebody supports him I think he went gold like somebody likes his music so huh he went gold I am yeah he went gold yeah I mean he's been out for a while He's been out for a while like he's like eight ball and all those but like i mean so there's a, there's a, and the one person who's done that very well i think is uh my man alfred duncan yeah shout out black yeah i mean talk about finding your lane mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like he recognized that his progression like how was he going to still be artistic and how was he going to grow and um be a you know, a pillar of the community uh-huh. and somebody recognized for their musical achievements. Like he could, his, his, des, his desbian, right? He's acting like 
he's someone who's done it very well and with grace, you know, but uh, he's done it like he's light skinned, but he's not. But it's, so he's, hold, but it's, so he's but holding me down. No disrespect, E. You right there on the line. You're ludicrous. You right there. But, 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 you're, e, you right there. I don't know if it's the light, but you're right there. Like you, you, you're closer to Drake, you know, than you are to Meek Mills. Don't do, don't do this. I'm sorry. I, I'm, e, I'm brown skin. You're old enough now. How old are you? I'm, I'm about to be 16 in September. Oh my God. You're 16? <laughs> yeah. Come on, E. Go on, E. How old are you? We're like 19? I'm, no, I'm, I'm 15 right now. I'm about to be 16 in September. Impossible, E. I swear. Seriously? I think I know my birthday, you, uh, Inkwell. I think I know my birthday. Okay, well, that, if that's true, if that's true, I, I should pull back on the light skins jokes because you're like right there on the legal age where I can go on you. But let me tell you, young, you ain't you ain't that far away. You ain't that far away from, from Drake. So <laughs> for Alfred to be doing that, for Blackwood to be doing that is like amazing for me to see. And everything he's created, you know, I did some things, I ran for office. Mm -hmm. you know, I got waxed, but you know, I, I'm not afraid to throw myself out there, you know. How waxed did you get? Like, what was the level? Wax. Like, I think out of I mean, the field was deep, but after out of 37, so let me tell you a true story, right? Sure. So for real, for real, when I started to run for office, um, is when I found out that my youngest was gonna be born with Down syndrome. And not to like make an excuse out of it but i definitely it took a lot of my focus away from from the campaign mm -hmm. is like trying to figure out okay how are we gonna do this right you know um but i got waxed regardless i got waxed i know i could have put in more work and i could have worked harder but you know what like i put myself out there and i got a lot of support um you know so so i, I yeah and that's okay. Yeah, man, because you know, you gotta fail. Like you gotta fail a lot. Like you gotta fail a lot, man. You gotta fail a lot because the more you fail, um, the more lessons you learn and it makes victory that much sweeter. Like I, I'm, I'm straight up like, no one likes to fail, but I've had a lot of failures and I had like a deal pulled on me, like a, a big deal pulled on me. It was with uh, Atlantic Records. They had some subsidiary label subsidiary label, I forgot what it was called now, but someone else got my deal, like a week before I was getting my deal. I remember, and I like was bawling, like I was so hurt, young. And um, I know at that time, like I would have never been able to make the music, who I was as a person at that time, I would never have been able to make Phantasmagoria, never. Cause that wouldn't have been in my mind. Right, because I was in. I, I after that, I was in a dark place. Like I was in a dark place. And the first thing I did when I when that happened was I got like something like Soundforge, and I started cutting up music that I liked, like music that no one should be rapping on. You know, like the Fly Now, like the Rocky song, like straight music. And I began looking at things different. Right, like my first song, Way I Feel, on Phantasmagoria. Like I'm talking about the like me being depressed after that and like being walking downtown like on m street at like three in the morning and talking to homeless people just because i was out there i was searching for something you know what i'm saying so i know that because of that failure it created something very special inside me and that's not like a needlepoint you know expression like that's like for real uh -huh. and now you you recently just shot 
Did you submit the tape for Tiny Desk yet? I did. I did. I did. We submitted it. We submitted it. Um, it was it was great, man. It was great to be out there with the homies again, man. If I had to do it again because it was such short notice, mm. uh, I would have done some different songs. But it was it was great. And let me tell you, I missed that. I missed that stress. Mm-hmm. right like oh man we down a drummer oh my god like you know the bass player just said that they're stuck in you know one era in tennessee they're not gonna make it back in time like that's good stress that not like uh, that's the good type of stress that i miss you know because it's what i love but i mean being back with the band like I, your mom will tell you and you've seen it like we 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 got a chemistry that's like it's unmatched. That, right and like unmatched completely mm-hmm. unmatched just like um i got the right people so and that you know, in that was, you know, the reason with the rise and fall of the band, man, like, you know, because I love those, those people so much, they had to get paid for what we were doing, but we didn't always get paid for what we we're doing. So the money was always coming out of my pocket and I'm happy to do it. But, you know, eventually, you know, that starts to wear on, you, Yeah. you know, like I can't ask people to do things for free. That's like one thing I never did. Like I never asked people to do anything for free for me. Even though I love it, they're professionals and they deserve to get paid, you know? Right. Well, Inkwell, this has been a dope episode of the podcast. Um-